Hi everyone, you're listening to episode number 19 of the Elysium Project podcast, Green Politics with Natalie Odd. If you support the Elysium Project vision and enjoy the content we produce, we encourage you to head over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Elysium Project TV, where you can join our Insider Zone for as little as $3 per month. There you'll find access to exclusive videos, audio downloads, monthly articles, and our gratitude package, all for less than the price of a single cup of coffee. Bringing amazing guests on this podcast is our passion, but it takes a lot of time and money to produce, so we really do appreciate your support. And remember, you can cancel at any time. Once again, that website is Patreon, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Elysium Project TV. Or you can find that link from our website, www.elysiumproject.tv. Also, we want to hear from you. If you have any feedback about the show or have a particular guest you would like us to have on, please feel free to send us an email at podcast at elysiumproject.tv. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Natalie Odd. Natalie is the Green Party candidate in my riding for the upcoming federal election. I wanted to speak with her about the politics and policy of both the Canadian Green Party and the Green Party as a whole. Politics can sometimes be a difficult subject to talk about because never more so than today has it been so polarized. I've often felt at times that the electoral system is somewhat of a charade. We choose either party A or party B, But at the end of the day, nothing much ever changes, and the same ideas are recycled over and over. That being said, there are so many third-party options to support which have legitimate platforms based on real, progressive change. With recent global headlines around climate change, I thought this would be a great time to discuss the Green Party vision and why putting the environment and sustainability issues on the forefront is so important in the world today. Okay, today I'm here with Natalie Odd. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. So our goal on this podcast is to talk about ideas and have conversations that inspire us to make positive changes in the world to really to leave the planet in a better place than how we found it. Um, Typically, I don't actually talk too much about politics on the show. And the reason why is I find personally, I feel that politics can be very divisive. You have, you know, the left and the right and often people fighting with each other. But I feel that the Green Party has always offered up something very different. And that's what we want to talk about today. So if you could maybe share a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in the Green Party and what the Green Party is, and we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you for having me, Brian. I really appreciate the chance to talk about this. And you've touched on something that is very meaningful to me too, which is to have a positive vision of the future. And that is largely why I have been running for the Green Party. Myself, I grew up in Calgary. My parents brought us here from England when I was little, but my whole life has really been here, aside from some traveling and exploring overseas. And as I became a young adult, I became very interested in human rights and also environmental issues and started learning more about those things and started studying them, volunteering, talking to people. And there's always so much more to know and learn. 
and eventually worked in the nonprofit sector where I've been for most of my mm. career, if you call it that, and working environmental issues and human rights where I can. And I found that the Green Party um, gave me a place where I could work on both of those together, social justice issues, environmental justice that are very integrated and actually be with other people who care about those things and and work in a concrete way because I have worked in nonprofit for many years and a lot of the work that we do is about convincing people to change their behavior or think a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful to have those exchanges with people and talk about what's important to them and their values. But that's a rather slow way of doing things and not everybody is interested, but I, I started to feel like we really have to have decision makers that have these values. And if I can just finish off this thought with saying the Green Party is part of something larger, which is the Global Green Charter. Mm-hmm. There are Green Parties in over 100 countries around the world on every content just about. And so if you can imagine working in Africa, Southeast Asia, South Asia, all over Europe, the Americas, and they are bonded through principles. And I just want to say what those principles are, mm-hmm, if I may. Absolutely. Uh, they are ecological wisdom, social justice, sustainability, respect for diversity, nonviolence, and participatory, participatory democracy. And that infuses all of the Green Party platforms around the world. So I feel like when I'm fighting for those things here in Calgary, Canada, there's people in Africa and South America and Southeast Asia that are doing the same. Mm-hmm. Is it is it true as well? I think that the, globally, the collective of the Greens is actually the largest political party in the world. I think it way well. That's a really interesting question, Brian, um, and something that I want to spend more time looking into. Um, I'm certainly aware of that community being everywhere, and it's actually very moving on a personal level. Um, it may well be. It, mm-hmm. it could be. I, I know you're not all uh, exactly the same party, just variants of the, the Green principles there. But um, So when was the Green Party formed, and was there a particular reason or event as to why it happened when it did? Oh, Good question. And I think that was in the 70s. Um, There were a number of environmental issues, but also human rights issues and social justice issues. And there was an emergence of the Green Party philosophy. And there was a meeting in the 70s. Well, there was a collective of Greens from different countries that have been meeting since the 70s and came up with the charter in the 90s. And if I recall correctly, there were about 800 people representing 72 countries that came together to come up with the Global Charter and these specific principles. So I, I think that's really remarkable that people did it. I mean, I didn't really learn all, all of that background until um, after I had run the first time. And to find about background and what it was built on, um, well, it reaffirmed why I was running for them, but it, it's actually kind of incredible that it's that well organized internationally. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Was there was there a specific catalyst that caused the formation of the Green Party? I mean, obviously now a large part of it is the climate crisis that we're facing um, at that time. I know that there was some the beginnings of kind of environmentalism and environmental consciousness. Mm-hmm. Do you know if there was a specific like turning point that caused? I'm not aware of a specific turning point, but I do think that there was 
more of an awareness and awakening and a feeling of needing to organize mm-hmm. around it to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's 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 so important. Um, the reason I wanted to do this podcast this week is because there's been so much in the, in the news lately about the climate climate change, climate crisis. Of course, you have Greta Thunberg and and so much awareness around it. And I mean, when I touched on at the beginning of this podcast, how I don't normally speak about politics because I find it very divisive. That's that's the interesting thing I find about um, the political spectrum right now is on the left, you have sort of concern for the climate, whereas the right, there's often a denial of it. But we can all agree on that whether or not a person looks at the facts and, and whatever interpretation they decide to make of that about the climate change, we can all agree on that the environment is hugely important to take care of this planet that that gave us life. And, um, you know, we live in such a single-serve society, just there's so, there's so much waste and it's it's simply not sustainable so whether or not um you're going to look at that data and come to the conclusion that we are in a climate crisis it's very much it's so important for us to to focus on and i think that that is that well that is what the green party is about yeah i think it's the basic concept that we have to protect that what keeps us alive mm-hmm it's a bit self-serving when you think about it that way, but we do need to protect those all of those intricate systems that keep us alive. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more meaning to our natural world. I think that a lot of people sense, um, and I think that that happens across political parties. Um, yeah, I, I think when you speak to people one-on-one, there's a lot of agreement around that. Mm-hmm. And then where things start to get derailed is in some of the more detailed policy or ideologies about what people feel that they have to stand for. Um, Something else I wanted to mention about the Greens, and again, this should not be partisan at all, but something that we've adopted into our platform are the the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Mm. There's 17 of them, and not sure how familiar your reader or your your listeners are. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'll just read a couple of them to you just to give you a sense of them. So uh, the first one is No Poverty. The second is zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy. The list goes on and on. And um, it really does come down to having a safe and secure um, life, wherever it is that you're living with, you know, your basic needs um, being tended for. And although the UN, the UN has these sustainable development goals for developing countries, but we certainly still have issues with a lot of these things right here in Canada. So I thought it was um, quite visionary to integrate that into the platform. And it's also a way to measure how well we're we're doing on these issues right here in Canada. We know very well that there are a lot of people in Canada living with boiled water advisories and have for long mm. for decades. There's children who are born into that situation and have lived it their whole lives mm-hmm. here in Canada. And it's to keep bringing that to the forefront. Mm-hmm. So it'd be great if um, just generally Canada... Uh, how to focus on those sustainable development goals right here in Canada and abroad. Mm-hmm. Well, when I when I first met you, I was actually over at the local farmer's market and you mentioned to me how, how yeah, we're, we're so often, I mean, we're just uh, sending the same ideas back to the parliament over and over and over again. So it's, it's time for something new, for mm-hmm. sure. 
What are some of the ideas specifically that the Greens are proposing in Canada for this federal election that's coming up? Great. Um, thank you for that question, Brian. Um, so there's quite a few of them. And the first one I want to mention is the guaranteed living income. It's also known as universal basic income. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that you give a sum of money to every Canadian that will cover their basic needs so that they can live. Mm -hmm. So housing and food. And it's it takes people above the poverty line and a realistic poverty line. Um, there's a way of measuring what it costs to live in every city and town in Canada. and. So we want to make sure that everyone has that amount of money to live on. And it's a way to eradicate poverty because people um, are living with low wages, precarious work, uh, housing that's unaffordable. Perhaps they can't pay for medications because we don't have full coverage in Canada, uh, dental work, things of those of that nature that really speak to people's basic health and well-being. Mm -hmm. So this is a concept um, that is in other countries as well that's been test piloted in Canada that to great effect it in it ends up um, affecting people's health very positively uh, mental both mental and physical health it gets people staying in school longer um, it leads to more positive relationships so it's really about giving people the opportunity to take part in society I think it's very practical but it's also compassionate. And I understand that there's support for this across party lines, but it is a bold concept that would take people being quite open-minded and innovative to see it through. And all levels of government would be involved, uh, well, particularly provincial and federal. A couple of other ideas, Brian, are to eliminate tuition to post-secondary. Uh, this is not actually groundbreaking. Your, <laughs> your listeners are probably aware that around Europe, even the Americas, other parts of the world in the Middle East. Um, there are many governments that, that don't require students to pay tuition. We believe education is a public good that everybody should have access and a right to if you can qualify for post-secondary. What, what I'm seeing from speaking to students is that they're getting into very deep debt. The average debt for a student is $26,000. And if you couple that with the fact that unemployment around, amongst youth is twice the average nationally, so they've got debt, they're trying to get on their feet, they're trying to get established in their field, and we're just sort of making it very difficult for them. So I, the Greens and myself, look at this very differently to care for our youth, invest in them. I also want to say, I think that there's a huge element of mental health involved mm -hmm. in that that is very, very concerning to me. Um, secondary, post-secondary can be a very stressful time for young people. There's a lot to juggle. Some of them are moving out for the first time. They've moved away. They're dealing with new, you know, uh, connecting to new communities, figuring out what they want to do with their lives. And if you put on top of that debt and that there's not enough support for mental health at post-secondary schools. So um, we just, we need to look out for young people. We need to look out for all people, but particularly young people are going through things that are quite challenging. Um, on top of that, uh, universal childcare is something that would enormously benefit Canada. And there's been rumblings about this for decades. We know the benefits that it brings to society. There's no question because it exists in other places. It exists in Quebec. Mm -hmm. And it's actually termed um, the, mo the, the ramp to um, gender equality. So this is what enables women to 
safely and securely join the workforce. And the reason I say that is as a mother myself, my top concern every single day is the, the well-being of my children. And if I didn't have a safe place to take them, where I thought they'd be nurtured, um, I, it would make our lives very difficult and it would be very stressful for everybody. And I know that it is a barrier for women to be in the workforce if they choose to be. So childcare is very, very important. It's, um, it's very much a strong indicator in terms of poverty because if you have to choose between paying for childcare or rent, you also obviously are going to have to cover your rent and your food, and, and there's no question that that's um, a considerable issue in Canada. So universal child care would have a lot of benefits to Canadians. Um, a couple of other things I want to mention which are in alignment with the Sustainable Development Goals are that housing should be a human right here mm-hmm. in Canada, as should clean water. Um, these may seem like bold assertions, but really when you think about that, Everybody does need clean water and housing. And if you have that as a human right, that then uh, sets um, a requirement for all of our political parties, all of our um, members of parliament to work on that. It becomes, it's not, it's no longer a political issue or a partisan issue. It is something that every Canadian is entitled to. And it's certainly something that's possible. Awesome. If you had one thing, one idea or concept that you would like people to think about today after this show, take away from the show, what would that be? Well, that's a great question. I, I will mention, <laughs> there's quite a few, and I, I am a really big fan of the guaranteed living income. Mm-hmm. I, I have another idea I'll tell you about, but the guaranteed, I, I just want to say that there's so many marginalized communities, um, Indigenous people in Canada single parent homes, new Canadians who we welcome, but then, you know, they have difficulties when they're here, living in poverty. It's it's really, you know, it's miserable, it's stressful. It means you can't participate in society the way that you want to, the way that Canadians would benefit from. And it's really a monetary issue that can be fixed. We mm. have the ability to do that. We're a wealthy nation. So I just think a lot about what the stress people feel when they wake up in the morning and they can't meet their basic needs, and uh, further that, they can't meet the basic needs of their children. I can't, I can't actually think of anything more horrifying than not having clean water or um, safe childcare or proper clothing. We know that's reality for you know mm-hmm. cold winters here. Um, and to me, it's just unacceptable. And I would like it to be unacceptable to all 338 members of our parliament. People living in poverty in Canada is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But moving on from that, slightly related is something called the Genuine Progress Indicator. So a lot of people will be for, uh, familiar with the um, gross domestic product, which is a measure, an economic measurement that is very, very common, and it basically measures all of the monetary exchanges that happen in our country, but it includes everything, even things like a car accident and an ambulance arrives or, um, you know, some sort of uh, oil spill and there's a cleanup, anything that involves monetary exchanges counted. So, of course, it just goes up and up and up. But it's actually not a very accurate measure of how well you are doing as a country or as a society. Mm-hmm. So this is this has been discussed by many, many, many uh, deep-thinking people. And there is something called the Genuine Progress Indicator, which is actually a measurement of prosperity and well-being. And it measures something completely different. Um, there's a very long list, but it includes things like literacy, 
health and fitness, housework, that, you know, all of those kind of, that kind of work that um, is so valuable but doesn't get counted. Um, family time, infrastructure, arts and culture, volunteerism. So things that actually make life really worth living. And there is a way to measure those things. And I think it would be fantastic if we started to look at those things, gave them the value that they deserve. Uh, I think it would shift people's thinking. And it would also open our eyes to areas where we're not doing so well. So I think, you know, as parents, we work really hard to make sure that our, our children have things that make their, 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 lives, um, their lives easier, more positive, that they'll have a, a good future. But actually, it, it goes beyond that. This is about making sure that our communities are strong and healthy, that we look out for our neighbors, that we even know our neighbors, mm-hmm. um, that, oh yeah, health and fitness um, can we spend time together as a family doing things that around health and fitness? So there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but the idea is the point of our country isn't to have the highest dollar exchange possible. It's actually about the quality of life of citizens. So it's a different way to think about and measure it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the key takeaway from from this podcast today for me and, and what the Green Party is all about is sustainability on on many fronts, environmental, uh, economic, like we we talk about. Um, it's you have people. I only just actually realized this. I only found this out shortly ago that there are people in Canada who do not have clean drinking water, as you mentioned. Um, so it's it's about moving forward in a sustainable way that that will benefit all of us as a whole. Would that be sort of a correct? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I look at it this way, that the Greens are practical, but compassionate. And yeah, we need to look out for each other. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to for me. Just on a really large scale, we have to look out for each other. Perfect. If people want to learn more about the Green Party or yourself in particular, mm-hmm. where can they go? I have one of those website things, mm-hmm. <laughs> natalieodd.ca. N-A-T-A-L-I-E-O-D-D dot C-A. And yes, please do visit. And if there's any local people, I'd be happy to meet you. That's what I do. And I just thank you very much for this opportunity to talk about all these wonderful things that we can do for Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is a global podcast, so there will be listeners all around the world, but there are also definitely people in this riding, and I can guarantee you, you're going to get a few voters from this podcast. I myself myself actually uh, am heading over to vote. It's the, I think today is the the pre-polling, so I'll be over right after this podcast. So thanks again. Thank you, Brian, for this time and hospitality. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you enjoy our content, please help support us by subscribing to and sharing this podcast or by joining our Insider Zone at www.patreon.com slash Elysium Project TV. That's www.patreon.com slash Elysium Project TV. And remember, we're always happy to hear from you. If you have any feedback about the show or have a particular guest you would like us to have on, please feel free to send us an email at podcast at Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.